Excel spreadsheet, so neither of us know what's happening. Apparently, if it's not in an Excel spreadsheet, Rachel does not does not uh, it doesn't register. Register, yeah. So anyway, I'm, just for I'm anybody listening who wants to get Rachel's attention, email her a spreadsheet, okay? Because <laughs> then she'll get it. All it's right. It's like so true, though. It's like sad. Welcome um, to the Muscle Science for Women podcast. Your friends. You're stressed out, at least on my end, slightly tired, slightly dehydrated friend, Ashley Van Houten, and you are? I am Rachel Gregory, and how, we are- How dehydrated are you? <laughs> yeah, okay, you're not that- I am, this is like my third one of these, uh, which is 800 milliliters, wait, to three and a half ounces, no. Sorry. Ounces, three and a half ounces? No, you're no, holding no, like a three... gallon of water in your hands. <laughs> I'm trying to read the thing. Wait, cup, ounce. I don't know. Whatever. It's this it's big thing. And I drink, try to drink. It's 30 ounces, I think. I don't know. Whatever. Mason jar, that makes more sense. large, wide mouth. Got to go with the wide mouth. Um... <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Just drink. Just drink something for a second. I'm drinking out of a tiny Nalgene because, I don't know, it seems less intimidating that way. And I think this is the first beverage that is not coffee and it's almost the end of the day. So cheers, guys. Oh, wow. I'm cr cheers. crushing life. Okay. I'm gonna um, call you out though, because you know, it's 2022 it. and you're drinking out of a plastic bottle. But it's a Nalgene though. It's BPA free, guys. BPA free yeah, says right on the bottom, dude. That. Listen, listen, how BPA many hip, how many hippies are really walking around all day, going to the gym, going to get groceries, walking around with a wide mouth glass mason jar in their hand, okay? All right. Well, my gym bottle is a stainless steel one. And then yeah, I have at home, I have the, the mason jars. But I got a pack of these, like a, I think it was like a 10 pack on Amazon for pretty decent price um, with like colorful lids. Oh my God. Okay. Sorry. I'm excited. She gets real excited about, she gets really excited yeah. about colorful lids too, guys. Just so you know. No, but I'm excited to talk to you. And I also want to shout out that you have a new microphone thing. Um, but I think that like, you should bring it down just a tad because we all want to see your face, right? Do you know I had this the last time we chatted too and I think you just didn't notice. Oh. Okay, yeah. but can you still hear me good? Yeah. Okay, well, good. Okay. Good I'm well. always worried. I'm I'm always worried about these microphones where I'm like unless I'm like like making out with it like right up in here that you can't hear me. I'm so worried people can't hear me when I obviously am loud and easy to hear. Anyway. It, it's good if you're like too close then it sometimes it can be like right. way too okay. much. Okay. Okay, so this is so, good. And maybe Therese, I've been telling Therese to, to let me know like how I can make her life easier in post-production because I feel like I am always like either like too close or too far. Um, so Therese, I know you're listening to this. Therese is our amazing podcast editor. She's the best. She's the best. Um, let us know if we are sucking because, you know, sometimes that yeah. happens. I think but we do a pretty good job for her. I don't think she has to do like, <laughs> you know, too much to make us sound like somebody worth listening to, but I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It could be completely different, but you had something you were excited to say. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, okay. First of all, we're going to start doing this and we've been doing this, but we're going to do like updates, like each do like an update. Like we can talk, we have like a five minute limit, I think, because we could probably each talk for like 30 minutes mm -hmm. on our updates. Um, and then we obviously want to get to questions because we have yep. a lot of those. But yeah, we're going to do like updates at the beginning of these episodes and hopefully you guys like it. If not, deal with it. Because um, we, this um, is our time yeah. to catch up with each other. So yeah. we're going to give updates whether you want them or not. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. I'm going to go first because I'm really excited and it's 
I'm just gonna do it. Okay, you probably already know what I'm gonna say, or you've seen it on my stories this past week, but I got the most incredible ice cream maker. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. this thing, literally I'm obsessed and it is the best purchase I've ever made for a kitchen appliance. Okay. So. Tell me what it is. Cause it looked like sort of like a, is it like one of those like handheld, like personal size, no. like quick, no, what is it? It is a legitimately, legitimately, it's a legitimate personal ice cream maker. So I've I've been making protein ice cream for a while, right? Like with the Vitamix and that comes out like the consistency. You kind of have to like really work it. You have to use the right powders, the right, you know, ratios of all the different things. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't come out like true ice cream, like hard, you know, like ice yeah. cream that you'd get at an ice cream shop where they scoop it out of the big thing. And it's like legitimate, yes. legitimate, like texture. So the Ninja Creamy, it is an absolute game changer because you literally just put whatever you want in this container, this pint, like I've been doing, you know, just whatever milk you want with protein powder and whatever, put it in the, this little thing, you mix it up and then you put it in the freezer overnight for like 20, 24 hours and you take it out and then you put it in this machine and it's a creamer. And so the technology, like it does all this like technology stuff and creams the ice cream in three minutes into a legitimate like ice cream. Like it turns protein powder and milk. And also you can just literally put fruit, like any type of fruit you want, just fruit and like water freeze overnight, put it in the Ninja creamy. There are a few, like you have to, for example, when I do protein ice cream, I have to, like, I spin, like I do the one time spinning it through, which takes three minutes. Then you add a splash of milk and then you do it for like the respin is what they call it. It's another like 30 seconds, but I, I promise you it comes out as legitimate ice cream and it's, a game changer. Like I can eat a pint of ice cream for 150 <laughs> calories every single night, which I've been doing, of course, sometimes twice a day, honestly. Um, and it's, it's like having a protein shake legitimately as ice cream. Can and I, I just can't get over it. I'm going to call this episode legitimate ice cream because the, I, the word legitimate has been thrown around a lot. I'm sorry. So I'm just, can you tell I'm excited? And t speaking of sponsors, we were talking about show sponsors offline. Yes. Can we get this thing? Can we get the, what's it called? Ninja oh, Creamy? Oh, you bet I've been on that. <laughs> you bet I've been, I've been reaching out my, <laughs> so my sister uh, is a, we've talked about this and I, yeah. I know I have like two minutes left on my time, but she is a, a sales, she works for, not works for me now, but she works for KB, which is my team. And she's the head of the sales director there. And so we're working on some other kind of like promotional stuff, whatever. And she has like access to this kind of secret LinkedIn stuff to like get people, uh, like get to like the right person to talk to. Like for example, at a LinkedIn company like premium? Ninja. Like you're just paying. No, no. It's okay. like some, it's some sales, salesy thing with all these big words that I have no idea what they mean. <laughs> But anyway, it's like this database that she has access to. And my dad has access to it too, because he's in sales. And I'm probably just like outing them right now on the podcast. I don't know if it's like, I'm supposed to be sharing this. Oops. Anyway, they're going to find the person that we need to talk to at Ninja. And if you're listening to this and you know anybody who works at Ninja, please let us know. And so eventually, hopefully we'll have some type of relationship with Ninja and we can be the face of their protein ice cream cream. I mean, I'm into it. How, how much does this thing cost? 
it's like 200 bucks, but I promise you it's literally the best money I've ever spent on a kitchen appliance. If you like ice cream, this is worth if it. If you like ice cream. Yeah. yeah. Besides the air fryer. So I have the Ninja Foodie, which is the air fryer Instapot uh, slow cooker thing. I use mm. that every single day. So those two things. So if anybody here, if anybody listening um, knows anybody at Ninja, definitely like yeah, hit, hit us, us up. up. And you don't have to add any, because I feel like I've seen in some previous like protein ice cream recipes, you need like some kind of like thickener, like thickener, stabilizer. Yeah. Like, do you still need that for this? Or can you just put like cream and fruit and protein powder in there and it turns into ice cream? Yeah, you can do that. You just, you need some type of like, if you're not going to put like a dash of xanthan gum, which I haven't been doing that. I used to do that in the protein ice cream. Um, so I've been testing out a bunch of different things <laughs> the past week. Of course. But yeah. Um, but if you use like yogurt, for example, you could literally put yogurt, just yogurt, any type of yogurt that you like in this thing, freeze it, put it in the creamy and it turns into frozen yogurt, like legitimate frozen yogurt, legitimate yogurt, legitimate. <laughs> okay. Anyway. okay I'm, I'm excited. I love a little, uh, you know, high protein, anything that's a dessert. So maybe yeah. you'll convince me to spend $200 on this thing. Speaking of appliances, I don't know if you saw in my stories, but I, you know, anybody who's ever seen me in real life knows that I am low maintenance when it comes to my hair. However, you know, I'm a grown woman. I had a hair dryer. I probably had the same hair dryer since university, which was anywhere from one to 30 years ago. Who knows? No one knows how old I am. Whatever. I have an old hair dryer. It died. Okay. So I'm like, I need a new hair dryer. What do I get? And do you know how many of these insane people told me to buy a Dyson hair dryer? Do you know how much those things cost? Do you have one? You have one. What is wrong with you people? Okay. A, it was a Christmas present for my mom. Okay. Okay. Then that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Okay. If you I did didn't not buy it, I wouldn't buy that. Exactly. Sorry. If you, so. if you spend over $500 on hair, and again, if you're like a hair person, if you're like into hair, if you spend a lot of effort on your hair, I don't know, whatever. I don't even know how to like blow dry my hair. I literally probably blow dry my hair like maybe a couple times a month. And these, nut jobs were telling me to buy a $550 hair dryer. <laughs> Guys, excuse me. Have, what have you seen my hair? What makes you think that I would put that much effort into my hair? That's nuts. However, a couple hundred dollars on a kitchen appliance that will make me delicious treats is a different story entirely. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. all right. Well, I like that. That's a cool update and maybe I will get one too, especially if they decide to sponsor our podcast. We'll see. Yeah. You got to work uh, on it. Um, okay, so one kind of health-related thing that I just thought was funny um, that I wanted to chat with you, and anyone listening, if you're listening with younger kids, there's going to be some language in the next couple of minutes that just, this is an adult podcast for adults, okay? It's not that inappropriate. I just I just want to give the warning because, you know, some people might be like listening in their car and like there's like a yeah. six-year-old and they're like, oh, this is, but anyway, I just thought it was funny. And I was telling my husband about this and he was like, that's hilarious. That's the kind of stuff you and Rachel need to be talking about on the podcast because it's funny, Okay. Uh -huh. And it's sort of like a behind the scenes of what it's like to be a online health coach, right? Because you guys know, you guys who listen, you know that we're health coaches. We both do our own personal coaches, coaching. We have Muscle Science for Women program, which is open now. Of course, you can be signed up and Go working with up. us right now if you want to. Um, and I do my own stuff as well. And more recently, I've been doing these sort of one-off intensive health consultation uh, stuff with clients that's not so much an ongoing thing as a like you come to me with a targeted issue and you and I will work together on mm -hmm. getting answers for this one thing and then you go off on your own and you whatever 
So that's what I've been doing for a while. And I found it to be really interesting and really challenging and great. And I hope, you know, it's been helping the folks that I'm working with. All that to say, recently, I've had a couple folks reach out and sign up for these consults that um, were complete strangers to me. Like, usually it's like somebody that I've maybe chatted on Instagram or a friend of a yeah. friend or people that, you know, and it's been people that like, I don't know at all. And they kind of just sign up for this thing and they fill out this intake form for me and they send me an email. And usually we have a little bit of back and forth and chat before we have this Zoom call. We always have like a face-to-face -face Zoom call and chat. And this one person wasn't really much of a chatter, wasn't really like sending me a lot of information via email. And I'm like getting ready to do this call. And I'm thinking like, I have no idea who is going to show up on the other end of this call. Right. Oh my God. And there was a moment where I'm just like the world, like we, we place so much like trust in the fact that people are who they say they are, like are going to be appropriate, are going to be normal, like whatever, you know, and I was just like, yeah. This could literally just be like some weird dude like showing me his dick or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like it could be, it could be anything. This I have no idea. Is killing me. And of course that's what's going through my head. And I will say I did kind of just recently watch like a catfishing documentary on Netflix. So I'm like, maybe I'm getting like weirdly catfished and it's like some creeper or something, right? Like, I don't yeah. know. It's just a thought that I listen to a lot of true crime. Okay. Like that's just the thought that went through my head. And as I'm telling Alex this, he's like, hey, listen, if somebody pays you a couple hundred bucks. You look at a dick. It's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I mean... You make an interesting point. It's like reverse OnlyFans. It's like you pay me to look at you. You're oh junk. my god. I don't know. Maybe this is something I need to like explore further. Anyway, <laughs> it was a perfectly normal interaction with a perfectly lovely woman who oh my god. I worked with, and it was great. But I'm telling you that like getting on a Zoom call, preparing for a one-on-one. -on -one conversation where you're going to be sharing like real information with each other and you know like nothing other than what they've mm -hmm. decided to tell you on this intake form and I will say this client also gave me very little information on the intake form like some people are just I think sharers and some people aren't and she was yeah. not really much of a share until we chatted um in person but it was just like a moment where I was just like I have no idea who is going to yeah. greet me on the other side of the zoom call it may be a dick it may be a person <laughs> I don't know but either way, I, I'm getting paid. Oh my anyway, God. so I just wanted to I'm share that with you because when I was telling Alex about it, his reaction was just like, "Hey, look, you gotta, you gotta make some money. You gotta look you. at a dick. Like, what are you gonna do?" Anyway, oh my so God. anybody who finds that scandalous and inappropriate, you can just skip right through that, I guess. Yeah, um, I think it's funny. It's that's, true, though. That's my update. That's my update. Um, and I am still taking coaching clients if you're oh interested but please listen you pay me before the call so like you know yeah whatever you you, you should you really got to want to have a conversation yeah. uh i usually my my first call with clients is uh on the phone and then after mm -hmm. that um and that's probably one of the reasons <laughs> yeah because you don't want to get catfished with someone's penis yeah so yeah so anyway, anyway, um, I will say though that watch Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. I was just going to say, I like, I think you probably are the same way, but like, I actually really don't have as much like weird, creepy, um, social media stuff as a lot of people might think, you know what I mean? Like I know a lot of mm -hmm. friends who like all day long are just bombarded with like nastiness online because yeah. I think that, you know, the, I'm using air quotes here, but like the bigger you get on social media, the less people think that you're a human being. Um, and I will say like, too, I know you've, you've kind of done some stuff on TikTok recently and had like a ton of success. And I've like jumped in there 
just just for the briefest of moments and like every time i go to TikTok and try to do something for myself i feel like i hate it more and more like i'll go and i guess look at some videos but like i guess i'm just of the age where i will just look at TikTok videos on instagram with the rest of yeah. 30 somethings because i just can't i just can't do it yeah. i i want to be able to do it and i just can't i don't even have the app like on my phone i don't think like TikTok yeah. because i don't i don't like my team posts yes, all that stuff yes. and so yeah it's part of whatever but I haven't been on and like, unless like a video blows up, I'll go look at it. And it's like, actually, I'm just like laughing at all the comments and stuff, but I just haven't, <sighs> I haven't got, I haven't developed the habit of like pulling up TikTok, TikTok and like scrolling. Yeah. Um, I'm still, like you said, on Instagram. That's like, that's my the main habit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Let's get so to let's, questions. Cause this is a muscle science for women podcast. Yeah. So let's start with some of the emailed in questions because they mm -hmm. should kind of take priority because they actually took the time to send us emails to yeah. muscle science for women. The number four muscle science for women at gmail.com. Please send any of your comments, feedback, um, questions, any ideas you have for us, please send it there. We do look at them. So please mm -hmm. do that. Um, okay. Do you want me to all read this one from Sophia and then we'll see where that goes? Go for it. All right. Sophia says, hello, ladies. I know that you frequently address the fear of increasing calories and gaining weight in a muscle building phase. But what I don't hear anyone talking about is the impact of small fluctuations in weight and body fat as you are going through building and cutting phases. Are these waves of dieting detrimental, even though they are a small range, like 10 to 15 pounds? I grew up in the fat-free era, but also in an era where maintaining your body size was, was considered optimal and any yo-yoing was bad. Is this BS? When I think about it in evolutionary terms, it seems that significant body composition fluctuations would be natural throughout the year, but is it healthy? Are we damaging our bodies by playing with a fat cell status? Um, thanks for all the great info, Sophia. Mm. So what do you think? That's a great question. That is a great question. Um, so right off the bat, my first kind of inclination is to start, you know, talking about the amount of fluctuations. I think what she said from an evolutionary standpoint, it's, and even like what, how I think about kind of like how I go through, go throughout the year, depending mm -hmm. on specific goals, but I think it's absolutely normal to, for weight to jump up a little bit during like the winter time, um, which just happens to be with the holidays typically. Um, and then, you know, in the summertime when you're out and you're more active and it's nicer outside, depending on where you live, for it to come down a little bit. But I personally think that, I mean, it's, it all, it all depends on your goals, right? So if you are, if you are in a dedicated fat loss phase, or if you're in a dedicated building phase, those are periods of time where yes, you may fluctuate up and down depending on your goal. Right. And we can take building as an example. And this is what we talk about in the program, like for how, how you would set that up. If your goal was to build as much muscle as possible and you were okay with putting on a little bit of body fat at the same time to optimize that. In that sense, you would basically have a structured way of going about that. And you would kind of know like what your kind of goal was. So you could follow along with that and you weren't going like too kind of too crazy and putting on like a ton of body fat, right? Cause that's obviously not what we want. We want to just put on as much as we need to optimize that muscle growth. Um, I think that within that period of time, like for example, when I went through my kind of main building phase which was an eight, eight month period, I put on 15 pounds. Um, and then when I went into a subsequent cut, I lost that 15 pounds, 
but I saw new muscle. So ideally I had put on like maybe half of that 15 pounds was, I don't know, seven pounds of muscle. I don't know. Right. You don't know exactly. You can do DEXA scans and all that stuff, but that's like way too complex. Um, for all that to say though, I think that if you are someone who is dedicating, dedicated to certain periods like this for a specific reason, I think that actually something that, you know, and, and this is becoming more from like the abundant side of things versus the fat loss side of things. Um, I think that's something that a lot of women miss out on because mm. they could be really, really changing their body composition if they, if they took some time to actually see the scale go up for a little bit, right. Instead of being so, always in kind of that restrictive kind of state or really like always kind of chasing that lower number on the scale. Um, so that's kind of one thing. And the other thing I would say, and then I'll let you go, obviously is again, it comes down to like what you're doing. Like if you are someone who's going through these different phases and that's what you enjoy doing, then I think it's totally fine. If you're someone who is just looking to like kind of maintain and build slowly over time and optimize over time, and you don't want to go through these huge fluctuations and you find that that actually triggers some different things that you don't want to happen, like yo-yoing, like as this person mentioned, then for you, maybe it's not like, it's not ideal to go above maybe like a five pound fluctuation, because I think within a five pound fluctuation, that's completely normal um, for most people who are just trying to, you know, live their life and maybe, you know, put on some muscle over time, optimize over time versus the person like me who went through a dedicated building phase and I put on 15 pounds and then I lost that 15 subsequently in a fat loss phase. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it all comes down to what are you trying to prioritize? What's your main goal? I don't think there's a yes or no answer or a right mm-hmm. or wrong answer. I think it all comes down to the person. Yeah. And like what your, yeah, what your goals are. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I would expand it a little more. And I would say that I think most people, uh, will or can very easily fluctuate from month to month throughout the year, 15 pounds, no problem. Like women too, like women can fluctuate five pounds from the beginning of the day to the end of the day, depending on if what part of your cycle you're in, if you ate something that bloated you the night before, you know, if you're having digestive issues, you name it, right? Mm -hmm. Like you just had a super intense workout, like that the obsession with that is probably more mentally harmful than gaining 10 or losing 10 pounds over and over again is physically harmful. You know what I mean? Like it's the mentally obsessing over it that is probably honestly worse than, um, than that. And I think that like, if we're talking about our sort of like set point, like everybody kind of has this point where like their body is sort of happiest. It's like this homeostasis Mm -hmm. that we talk about all the time is usually about 10 pounds heavier than we kind of ideally want to look, you know what I mean? Like where you feel your body feels the most comfortable is like just a little softer maybe than you want to be as a lot of women might, might agree with. Um, but Mm -hmm. even that set point probably isn't an exact pound, it's probably a range. It's probably like your body's pretty happy and will kind of stay between this many pounds and this many pounds. And that could be a range of five to 15 pounds, you know, over whatever the course of a year. Um, I don't think that there's a massive physiological, physical problem with it, unless it is this like overly strict, harsh, stressful, mentally stressful thing that you're doing to yourself. If you just sort of naturally are a little, get a little leaner in the summer because you're doing your beach bod, you're changing your workouts a little bit, you're sweating more, you're outside more, and then you get a little softer in the winter because it's cold and you're staying in and Mm -hmm. you're 
eaten more, whatever. That's, I think, I think that is evolutionarily and generally probably a very, um, normal, healthy thing. Um, Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's kind of yeah. all I have to say about that. Yeah, yeah, I would think it's maybe more so like the yo-yoing. I would be concerned if it if it was like you kept like gaining and losing the quote unquote same like forty to fifty pounds. Right. Like if you like you went through like an aggressive fat loss phase and then you did it in a way that you couldn't maintain after and you gained all this weight back afterwards, and then you're like, oh now now I have to go lose it again. Like that's where the the yo-yoing and the the issues from the psychological standpoint come in and there is some research that does kind of show that the more you diet the more like the more you are restricting yourself and you're in kind of a calorie deficit the more your body can adapt to that so it could make it harder to lose those same like 10 pounds in a few years than it was earlier like the more you put your body under stress especially for women um, mm-hmm. just the way that our body it's it's kind of this concept called metabolic adaptation where your body starts to adapt to what you're doing and then it kind of becomes harder and harder so that's why i mean there's no like i don't know the research is iffy on a lot of this stuff still but it's just something to consider like you don't want to be constantly restricting as we always say but i just think I don't know. I think it just comes back to what your goal is and and really looking at it from a standpoint of like, is this part of the plan? Like, am I doing this for a reason? Am I losing and gaining this weight from a structured, systematic, like this is the goal to do this? Or is it, I just, you know, restricted for three months, lost a bunch of weight and I couldn't like binge back up, you know, that's where the, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that. Yeah. Makes sense. I think generally most people do not stay the exact same to the pound weight year round and that's fine, but don't stress yourself out losing and gaining weight every three months because nobody wants to live like that. Um, Okay, so I got a bunch of questions on Instagram and I wanna ask this one first because for a second I thought maybe they were punking me based on what kind of a person I am on this question, but I think it's it's a real question and I'd like to answer it and then I'd like to get your your thoughts because you might have slightly different thoughts. Okay. This individual asked, what's your view on vegetables? <laughs> wait, wait, there's more. What's your view on vegetables? Um, you know, what kind, you have a little or a lot, looking at building muscle specifically. So that's kind of a good question because instead of just like, hey, what are your thoughts on vegetables? Like, skip them is basically my thought. Um, but, you know, their importance for muscle building, that's kind of a, a more interesting question. Mm-hmm. And sort of like the short answer for me again is like, eh, not that important. However, there of course is more to this. So it depends on the carbs, it depends on the vegetables, it depends on um, whether you're trying to like add more calories or if you're like whatever, trying to stay within a certain calorie range, if you enjoy them, if you like them, if you tolerate and digest them well. Um, Can I just you- ask something? Are we talking about vegetables? Like when we're saying the word vegetables, we're talking about the non-starchy ones here, not like the potatoes and the My fruit. belief well, is obviously that this person- not a vegetable. <laughs> Unless you're talking about an avocado, who knows what that is? No, it's a fruit. Yeah. Um, I think they mean like green veggie, like, like non starchy, not, okay. not not starchy. I mean, okay. again, if you enjoy vegetables, you should always eat them. And if they, if you digest them well and they make you feel good, I am not anti vegetable. No one can say that I am. Okay, just because I don't eat many of them does not mean that I'm against vegetables. I think you need to find just like fruit, just like animal protein. You need to find what you enjoy and what works for you. Um, 
and maybe if you're a vegan trying to build muscle, you vegetables might be more important because you are probably going to have a higher likelihood of missing some crucial vitamins and minerals um, that you're not getting from animal protein that are going to help you in your um, overall body function and muscle growth and, and all that kind of stuff. Generally, if you're like, hi, I'm trying to eat a healthy amount of food and I'm trying to build muscle specifically, I'm not going to be like, make sure you eat your greens. Like that's not the first yeah. thing that's going to come to my mind. It's going to be pretty low down there. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, if you have listened to either of us ever before at all, we're going to talk about protein being really, really important for muscle building and everything else. But it is the most important macro. It is the most important thing you can be eating to just sustain your body and make sure your body's functioning and to encourage the kind of work you need to do in the gym to build muscle tissue and then to support and nourish that muscle growth. So protein always, you get protein from animal products mostly. Um, that's what you should be prioritizing. So do that and then just add some veggies to your plate as per your desire. Um, yeah. Again, on a weekly basis, I might eat like and we're not talking about like sweet potato or like squash that Rachel has me on these days, um, like starchy veggies, starchy kind of carb source vegetables. Yeah. I might eat like maybe one serving of vegetables every two days. Like maybe I get the hankering for a salad. Maybe I put some asparagus because mm -hmm. my husband makes it because he eats vegetables and I might eat some. Um, it has not impacted my health or muscle building potential in any way. Um, so it's really about personal preference. I don't think vegetables are important for muscle building at all. Yeah. Your thoughts. So I would say that I actually, and, and this is like, I'm coming out of my reverse or at the tail end of my reverse diet. And I think in a fat loss phase or like in, when you are kind of like trying to optimize your volume of the food and what makes you feel good for some people, at least for me, I like to eat a lot. So I like to have that volume higher. I'm going to prioritize vegetables more because my calories are lower. And so it feels like but that's not muscle more. building though. Exactly. No, no, no. Yeah. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Exactly. So like, that would be like for that. But then when it comes to muscle building or even at maintenance, and I'm just kind of going through, like, as I'm coming to the tail end of my reverse, my, like my vegetables have actually decreased because now I'm eating more food. So I can get more full on and still have a, a, like more volume, but I need less vegetables to feel full because I have other foods. Right. So, I can so vegetables are filler filler. Filler, filler and no I mean, killer. they do have, they have some micronutrients, but you know, that's the whole, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think as you are going, if you're looking to optimize muscle and you're looking to go into a surplus, right. For a lot of people actually taking the vegetables down, like you mentioned, could be advantageous. Cause if you have to get in a certain amount of food, especially if it's a lot of food, um, you want to, you know, focus on the nutrient dense <clears throat> calorie dense stuff. If you are struggling to get as much food in. And so that can mean that you actually do need to reduce your vegetables, the non-starchy ones, so that you can have more calorie dense foods to hit your calorie goal each day and not feel like a balloon, right? Mm -hmm. And when I say balloon, I just mean like super bloated, bloated and digest yeah. it, feel bloated. Yeah. So I think like that, I think, like you said, I agree with you on that, um, but it is personal preference. And I just want to, I was laughing at this because early in the day, um, so we're doing this uh, 30 gram per meal protein mm. challenge in my flex fam, uh, group coaching. Mm -hmm. And it's like a 21 day challenge of 30 grams per meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, um, spacing out evenly throughout the day, whatever. And the challenge is to post your meals in the group and like, tell us how much protein it is and all that jazz. And one of the <laughs> members posted earlier today, she posted a picture. It was 
Uh, she said vegan, uh, uh, vegan cauliflower and potato soup with uh, eight, like eight ounces of ground turkey. <laughs> and I was just like, and then she like, whatever talked about it. And then I commented, I was like, that looks really good, but I think the vegans might come after you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure you like, can quite call that. Vegan. All you see in it is the ground turkey. And I'm like, wait. It was a vegan it. soup before you added an entire <laughs> before turkey you add. into so it. She, yeah. And I think what she did is she found the recipe. Like she looked wow. up this recipe and it was a it was a vegan potato and cauliflower soup. And then she just added a crap ton of, of meat to it. And so I was just like dying laughing. I was like, this looks amazing. And you absolutely exceed your protein goal. But the vegans will come after you if you post this anywhere else outside the group. And I just love how everything has to have a title too. Like every yeah. single thing that's a vegetable is now called a vegan something. Like if I eat a piece of yeah. steak, I mean, I guess we, I'm guilty of it too, maybe. And like a lot of more like intense carnivore people are, are guilty of it. Like my carnivore meal, it's like, you just ate a piece of steak. It's not that revolutionary, dude. Like, but like, do you have to call like your like spinach dip, like vegan spinach? It's just spinach dip. Like we didn't think there was steak in it. Like you don't have to, but I guess it yeah. sells, it sells. It's more. like the same with the keto stuff and all the labels and all that stuff yeah yeah it's ridiculous yeah. um okay i have um, one I more have a okay no. so i was gonna say oh, you have well i have a question oh. you have a question but should we uh record another podcast <laughs> well no i was gonna say i don't know how long this one has been going on but i i, I had one either. more good one but if you have a good one do you have one that you think we could do quickly and wrap up and then and then we're yeah, not do known, we we're not known another for being... one today or no well we can are talk we about that things? offline i don't think people need to listen to us talk to me whether we want to keep we talking. are so organized okay let's do the one that i have because i think it's pretty quick okay and then we have a bunch you said you had a bunch too so that'll bunch, be next yeah. episode or whenever yeah. that happens okay yeah so i got one that says it says upping carbs for muscle growth how many and examples of good options please and thank you hmm. um well i mean you should probably just join muscle science for women because we talk about this at length and we also mm -hmm. provide like essentially like one of the more comprehensive like nutrition ebooks i think i've ever seen like i have told you offline i think we need to like offer it separately because it's so valuable like mm -hmm. it's such a value add to this course it provides literally step by step how to first of all understand food as fuel all of the macro nutrients and how to kind of calculate them calories and how to calculate them how to adjust it if you're kind of troubleshooting and seeing if things are working or not working mm -hmm. like it's just such a valuable exercise we dedicate more a lot of time to that in the course and it's like not really something we can give you a prescriptive answer here we don't know anything about you whatever we're just kind of guessing um mm -hmm. so anyway my short answer is sign up for the course but um okay um but she's asking about how to know how much carbs to add for muscle building basically yeah yeah and like you said we have a like an entire lecture that goes deep into like exactly how to find this um, yeah i mean but i would say maybe too like there there has to be some like precedent um yeah. benchmark setting that needs to happen first like how many how many carbs how many calories how much protein are you eating currently and how is that working for you is that maintenance is that are you losing weight are you gaining weight do you feel good with whatever you're working with right now and i would recommend like you know if you feel pretty good with how you're eating right now your energy the amount all of that stuff stick with that maybe at the beginning while you're like embarking on a strength training program, which I'm assuming you're doing if you're trying to build, or sorry, a muscle building program, if you're trying to build muscle. Um, 
and then you have to kind of just pay attention and make adjustments like you can't just sort of like I don't know dive right into something new like get a sense for what the how the water feels currently and then mm -hmm. make changes as you go um because that's what everybody's always doing anyway right like nobody really kind of has it set in stone i think even if you were gonna do another bulk or cut or whatever like you're kind of readjusting as you go i know certainly i would be too um yeah yeah absolutely i, I think yeah and I think one thing I'll say with that, is, I mean, there's so many, I can answer this question in so much detail and so can you, yeah. you can go into like, how many carbs are you eating? How to structure your carbs throughout the day around your workouts? What's most optimal? What type? Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. All the stuff that we talk about. But I would say that one thing that I've been talking about a lot um, in my group and with a lot of my clients, because I've noticed this actually the past month with some people asking uh, different things and like making adjustments and trying out different things within their own nutrition people change things up way too fast before actually seeing yeah. what's working. So if you are going to implement a certain change in your diet by maybe, maybe this is just a random example. Maybe you up your carbs by 40 grams a day. This is super random. If you're going to do that, stick with it for two weeks minimum before you make any conclusions on how you're feeling, how it's working. If you make any changes to anything else, two weeks minimum. I think that we are so fast to switch things up and feel like it's not working or like, we're like, oh, I did that for two days. I didn't see any benefit. You know, I'm going to change it or I'm going to switch back to what I was doing or change something else. Don't do that. Change one variable, yeah. stick with it for a minimum of two weeks, make your assessment from there, have an mm -hmm. Excel sheet, <laughs> have an Excel We've sheet. We've come full tracker, circle, guys. <laughs> keep notes track all that stuff, you know, that is where you're going to actually see, okay, if I'm implementing this change, is it actually working? It's not going to be in one day or two days. You need time to see, because there's so many other variables in our life that can affect how we're feeling and that can affect what we might be getting out of that. Um, so two weeks minimum, any changes, if anything under that, you're just wasting your time, in my opinion. Spreadsheets are Rachel's love language. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I would say too, again, just to add on to that, like if you're, if you're trying something and you're giving it the requisite, at least two weeks to pay attention to it, some things you may want to pay attention to, if you're concerned about carbs specifically, am I eating enough? Am I not? Are things like, is your energy good when you're working out? Are you getting like energy slumps throughout the day? Is your digestion, if you've just upped your carbs, is your digestion kind of off? Are you feeling bloated? Are you feeling kind of crappy and tired and like sluggish in your workouts? Like, how is your sleep doing? Um, are you noticing good energy and improvements in the gym on a relative scale? Like, obviously you're not gonna up your carbs and suddenly like look completely different in two weeks, but like, are you noticing like, oh, I feel really like, like ready to go in the gym and I feel energetic and I'm not crashing and I feel like nourished and supported, like just pay attention to these things. Mm -hmm. And if all of these things, energy, sleep, um, you know, digestion, uh, hunger or lack thereof, whatever, if all that stuff is on point, then you're probably doing pretty good and you should probably stick to that. If any of those things or more than one of those things are like dramatically out of whack, then you need to adjust. And again, it may be adjusting fat and maybe adjusting protein. It's not mm -hmm. always carbs. Carbs are just kind of the easiest to manipulate. Um, but those are kind of the things you want to ask yourself. So, but yeah, mm -hmm. if you want more kind of like real drilled down stuff, that's the kind of stuff you need to do. Maybe one-on-one -on -one coaching. Maybe you need to sign up for muscle science for women. Maybe you need to get on a scary secret zoom call with me and see who shows up on the other end <laughs> of the thing. 
Anyway. Okay. Well, I think we're coming to the end, but we do have to talk about our amazing sponsor who today is not the Ninja Creamy. It is Optimal Carnivore. Um, and we and don't they, have to talk about them. We want to talk about them. That's true. That's true. I mean, contractually, awesome. we probably should, but I would talk about them anyway because I use them and I like them. And they're yes. the makers of this really good grass-fed liver organ complex pills for basically people who don't want to eat the real thing, despite all mm-hmm. of my attempts at making you guys do it. If you don't want to, I consider it, and you know, this is not trademarked. This has not been approved by the FDA, but I consider it like a multivitamin because as you know, yeah, right? Like as we've talked about endlessly, organ meats are incredibly nutrient dense and they literally have all of the vitamins and minerals that we are taking from synthetic, you know, uh vitamins anyway it's more bioavailable it's closer to the source this is i mean obviously it's processed but it's as little processed as possible they're Mm -hmm. taking grass-fed organs and they're essentially drying and desiccating them into pill form so you don't have to taste it so it's about as Mm -hmm. close to the real thing as you can get without eating the real thing um i'm a big fan of this company they've just been super super supportive and transparent ever since i have learned about them um and that that's what i take when i'm not eating organ mates because i'm too lazy Mm -hmm. to cook them or i'm traveling or whatever yeah and i am a wimp still and i do not eat that many organ meats uh So yeah, these are my organ meats and they're super convenient. And like you said, I just use them as my like multivitamin substitute or, you know, just to kind of fill the gaps um, with that. So so. if you have any questions about their products, because they do have other stuff, like I always recommend the liver, the liver um, pills or the like organ blend, um, Mm -hmm. which contains like kidney and heart and yeah. Um, But they have other like formulations, like they've got one with like lion's mane and um, brain for like focus and stuff like that. They've got a couple other cool products. So if there's, you know, anything you're curious about or questions, you can just kind of reach out to us and we can get the answers for you. Um, But otherwise you can find out more on their Amazon page it's just amazon.com uh, forward slash optimal carnivore. And our discount code is muscle So muscle SCI, and you'll get 10% off. Thank you guys. You rock. And that's yeah. it. I guess we'll see you again soon. Next episode. Which and may or may not be in two minutes from now, our time. Who knows? Who knows? We don't. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>